Welcome everyone, it is season three, episode 12 of the Hall of Fame show, and my god, you know when Evan goes away, somebody comes in to play. Dave, how you doing? Dave Whitlock, Longhorn Dave, how are you, sir? Great, Kirk, uh, thanks for having me uh, for the show. It's, a, it's an honor to, I'm filling big shoes, but look forward to <laughs> talking a little sports uh, across the landscape. I like the show because it covers all the sports, not just a, not just a few, and so... Uh, I'm here for it. Uh, we try to. We try to. It's uh, we've finally figured out Evan and I uh, after God knows how long just to come up with our little format. Usually it starts off with me doing what we now call the smorgasbord of shit, <laughs> and that might be where I will just talk about God knows what comes to mind. And I kind of told you what it was going to be ahead of time, and I've already talked about this with Evan a few times, so I'm going to try to take a different angle on this. So in the last week, we've seen in the NCAA, let's just say that a lot of us are paying more attention to women swimming in the NCAA than we ever have, myself included. And I've said before, and I'm not sure if you've heard some of my opinions on the stage, you might, you might not, but for those who haven't, here's my take don't really care what you do on any kind of job except for sports. Because here's the one thing where we know that there's a bit of a competitive advantage. If you want to say that there's not, fine. You're wrong. But that isn't really the case. And, and we know that it is. And eventually, we were going to come to the, come to the stage where we've got somebody in their early 20s doing this and I, I i don't mean to say it in a sort of negative way because again i'm a live and love live guy i really don't care except for this so historically speaking we've seen the renee richards in the in the 70s uh in women's tennis and we've seen recently god i'm blanking on her name uh in new zealand uh laurel hubbard okay yep who finally was competitive, but she had to wait until she was in her 40s. And we know why, blah, blah, blah. Uh, my take right here, my angle at this point, where I, I wanna say, and this is more of a conversation that I wanna have with you, because I don't even know my answer on this, which is where some of the women who, are, who have come out, and some men, for, I guess for that matter, and they're saying to men such as myself, like, why do you suddenly care? I realize that's a damn fair question. Have I watched women swimming much before? In the Olympics, sure. In the college, never. In weightlifting, never. But I never watched men's weightlifting either. So, that, you know, that's a fair question. And I, I point that to you, Dave. Why do we care? Not... I think you're hitting on it and, it, and it's one of those things that when when there's a controversy like this, and you're right, because there was never any women's swimming coverage on the ESPN front page or Fox Sports mm -hmm. front page before, right? Right. And, and I, I, I lost, I, I, to be honest, wasn't following college swimming, just like I don't typically follow every year. And it's not, nothing against women swimming. They're extraordinary athletes. I, we don't follow men. Well, most of us don't follow men's college swimming either. Right. There's, there's, there's a bandwidth, right? So I'm not watching. And I, and I started to see, you know, these headlines, Thomas does this, Thomas does that. Uh, mm -hmm. And I said, oh, okay. What, you know, 
what's going on. Of course, then you know everything. Everything is clickbait these days. First of all, everything's clickbait these days. Right, right. Trying to get attention, write articles, generate interest. Uh, in many cases, potentially divide. That way, you can have people happy about it, angry about it, uh, generate more interest. Right. So that that's mm-hmm. the sports industry as of 2022. So, as you say, you know, why do you care about it? Uh, that's a good question because in today's uh, you know, this isn't a political show, but in today's climate, everybody's got to take a side on everything. And so you start to see all, uh, all the people that I saw during the election cycle on one side have one opinion. Many on the other side have another opinion completely. They haven't watched any more swimming than we have over the last four years, decade, et cetera. So people keep complying in to weigh in. And, and that's where I kind of take it a little bit. I, I, I understand the, the, the challenge of uh, you know, a lot of people rallied behind the second place finisher who is from University of Virginia, and I think third place finisher was from University of Texas. I think I, so, yeah. If I saw the, the graphics right, and then, uh, of course, uh, the, the winner. Uh, so I, I, I take everything in context. It's, it is what it is. I, it's, it's not for maybe you and me to come in and tell a sport how to run itself if, if we're not watching every day. Uh, that does certainly does that mean that the second third place swimmer potentially had a, a biological disadvantage to it certainly uh, that is uh, that is part of the case but you know like I said I I am choosing to stay on the fringe I, I it, it, and the challenge is this may this isn't going to be an isolated case right there's going to be other uh, Olympic sports that that go down this path and 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 then, uh, including this one. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, you know, there, there's been track and field athletes, the same, like you mentioned, weightlifting. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I do like to watch weightlifting during the Olympics. It's one of the more offbeat sports during the Olympics. Right. Uh, right. And, and so now what, what, what's a little bit unfortunate is this becomes, I guess they say that the, the tail wagging the dog, like suddenly we're not appreciating the athletes across the different sports and the different, uh, universities and what they represent and it becomes a single focus issue on the one thing uh, that that the media wants to hype I said wants to hype up that the media consumer seems obsessed with hearing about and it ends up on the front page etc and so forth so uh, you know why why do I care I, I'm not I'm not going to necessarily wade in and start telling people how to do it how to, how to run their sport uh, I, I certainly can see a little bit of both sides I, I see some fairness I see some unfairness but doesn't certainly doesn't resonate as a uh, even contest, so to speak, just given given the, the situation that happened. Yeah, uh, the, the whole thing is, how do I put this delicately? Well, I can't. It's a clusterfuck that could have been avoided because we knew this was coming. Yeah. And nobody figured out what to do because they buried their head in the sand and said, you know, it's not really going to happen. But how far are we away from the WNBA from having a Juana man? And I, am I being sarcastic and facetious? Yes and yes. Am I being accurate? Yes. And the WNBA is something that I kind of rag on a lot, not necessarily because I don't appreciate their athletes, I do. But I rag on people who will say, well, how come they're not getting the same support? Because they're not going to. Uh, for it, it just, that's just how it is. Uh, I just had a conversation just actually like an hour ago 
you know, talking about this, because I said, this is what I'm going to be talking about. How is it that women's MMA can now main event and they can make the same money with, a, with less than a 30 year head start? Don't know. I guess we just care. Sometimes you just don't understand how it works and what it works, but they let, I I don't want to say that they let this happen, but they did nothing to stop it. And I'll go on record again. I've, I've said this before with Evan, I want trans people to compete, but I want it to be fair. If, If you're a trans athlete and you want to compete in sports, please do it. But Please don't go on television and say that you're the Jackie Robinson. That was a little bit. Yeah. Uh, I mean. Because you're not. No. And, and I thought it was a media person that said it. I thought not. From what I, I, I heard before, she actually, I, I don't know if that's true, that she might have alluded to herself that way in a, uh, a couple of weeks ago. So that may or may not be true. But either way, even if you want to make that claim, you're still not. Yeah. Hello, Renee Richards who's actually not necessarily for this, no. trained or helped train Martina Navratilova, who is now apparently a transphobe and a bigot. Go figure that one out. <laughs> you know, the person who has been, prob- who probably is just as successful as Serena Williams, never made nearly near as much. Gee, I wonder why. What was it that's, that Martina did sexually that Serena didn't? What could it be? What could it be? <laughs> Just throwing that out there so it, it just boggles my mind that all of a sudden the person who lost more endorsement money than any other american and she's an american now than anyone else that i can think of at that level but she's the bigot okay fine <laughs> that's that's my poo-poo platter that i'm gonna open <laughs> up with yeah smorgasbord is off to a great start <laughs> usually <laughs> is it usually is uh, so it's a Hall of Fame show. I, I don't. I know Evan's the soccer guy, so I don't know how much you're big into soccer. Not uh, not much. I'll watch international soccer for the World Cup and you know mm-hmm. follow the U.S. qualifying as it's going on tonight. I think. Uh, but yeah, uh, but, uh, but not Canada. Uh, Yay! We're yeah, right. We're all looking up to Canada. They're pretty much in. Uh, like that doesn't be- happen in soccer. No, no. Holy crap! Yeah. And, and and to my partner's credit, he called this. He called this a year oh. ago. He said Canada was going to the World Cup. So he said this was going to happen. It is. And the EPL, which is uh, the English, English Premier League, has announced the, the ninth and 10th members of their Hall of Fame, uh, Wayne Rooney and Patrick Vieira. So congratulations to both of them. And uh, this is the take I, I want you to sort of give on this. Uh, the EPL, as much as English soccer has been around forever, the EPL has only been around for less than three years. So I think that the fact that they've only started a Hall of Fame recently is sort of like that perfect time frame because I've always sort of found that, and you, you and I both are enthusiasts of the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Right. And a big thing that I think that has caused people like Randy Gratishar and uh, Chuck Howley and so many other people that we could name to be excluded is just the fact that they only started in 63, 43 years after, and we're still playing catch up in 2022. Yep. Yeah. 
So, you know, congrats to the people in the EPL. I, I think that's sort of something that they've done right. I'm, I'm going to voluntold you to do something, actually. Uh, I've A new plan that we're going to do is the Playoff Hall of Fame. Okay. But we're going to look at the Postseason Hall of Fame, but look at that retroactively from certain years. So people like, uh, uh, who's, who's somebody who, who's that? God damn it, I'm blanking on the name. I had it and then I just lost it because I'm thinking of Claude Lemieux of hockey. Uh, who's that uh, spur that just kept winning a bunch of stuff, but it was only like a magical to the playoffs? Oh, um, well, there was a manager, Manu Ginobili, but he's kind yeah, of but not, not Ginobili, like uh, like this one, like Sean Elliott was yeah. one, uh, of course, David Robinson, um, uh, Avery Johnson. I can't, I, I'm not sure which one you're alluding to. I might, might I'm not even on the right team, you know, and it's said, uh, but yeah, just basically that will celebrate those who just, when the lights were brightest, this is when you got in. Like a, like so, a, a, Kurt, a Kurt Gibson in baseball, you know, is one to think right, about. Right. You know, his heroics even back to 1984 with the Tigers mm-hmm. and taking that team to uh, its only World Series win. And then, of course, in, in 88 with the, with the Dodgers, here's the guy that every now and then you see people step up and say, you know, oh, Kurt Gibson for the Hall of Fame. And you say, okay, let's put things in context. But from the, from the playoff perspective, you know, there's there's no yeah. doubt, uh, you know, Madison Bumgarner, another one for the Giants, he may end up with a resume uh, there, but you know, he had two, couple, several. Bill Carter. Uh, yeah, yeah, right. It, yeah, or, yeah. Uh, you know, Dave Parker, some some guys like that, that, um, that uh, yeah, you know, when, when they were on winning teams. Julian Edelman. Yeah, right. Absolutely. Yeah. You so, so this is something that will celebrate that whole thing, but we're going to sort of like retroactively do it. So from when the playoffs essentially started. So if the playoffs really started in any major sport, that would have been 1903. So yeah. that meaning if we push it back a little bit, so in 1940 and then re- then do it from there and add stuff as it goes on. So that could be something sort of interesting. You're going to be part of that committee. I, I didn't tell you that ahead of time, but I figured yeah. you'd be okay with that. Absolutely. And, and it's interesting, you know, in the NBA, sometimes they get a, a knack for, okay, there's, it's a little bit wide. The apertures may be a little bit wider than some of the other sports. Because I, I think I read recently, Michael Cooper may be considered, and here's a guy that played on a lot of good Lakers teams, a lot of good playoffs. But, you know, when you stop and look, was he really, you know, a guy in the NBA and, and whatever the criteria is, you want to you want somebody that when you showed up that day, you're like, that guy's going to be the leader of that team and show me something unusual, crazy, some talent that, that just knocks me down that I look and just am wowed. I'm standing up clapping. And, uh, you know, some of those uh, rank and file guys like that's, I'll say the 80s Lakers and Celtics that were great, great basketball players and mm-hmm. certainly had their their moments in the postseason. It's just, it's just, a, it's a kind of a different category, like you said. And then there's, then there's guys like Ernie Banks that, that never made the playoffs. So he will not be part of this. Right. He will. He, he's yeah. the worst ca- candidate for this hall of fame, but you know, one of the inner circle guys in the, in the major league baseball hall of fame. And there's plenty of, of football uh, players like that too. You know, Archie Manning and some other guys that were good, that were good players, but just never, you know, played right. on, just played on lousy teams. And that's what I'm looking forward to see how this sort of plays out towards the regular Halls of Fame, uh, who gets in, who wouldn't. And like you said, Ernie Banks wouldn't. Uh, so I'm just thinking of like right off the top of my head, uh, Rajon Rondo. Yep. You know, we always hear about like, uh, you know, big time Rondo, playoff Rondo. 
Rondo is one of those interesting players to me who, and I've said this to Evan, does not get his credit for the 2008 uh, Celtics win, I feel. Yeah. It's always sort of like shown when the bright the lights were brightest, but is he a Hall of Famer? Nah. Right. Not Again, not a guy you show up and say, wow, this team's coming to town. They've got Rajon Rondo. I, I'm going to go buy a ticket to go see him him play today and mm-hmm. see how, you know, see how we can stop him or see how, how he plays against my team. Mm-hmm. He's not just not that guy. Like it reminds me of the time when I, I talked to Pete Rose and, you know, we were talking hall of fame uh, pretty much. That was the interview that sort of like, I'd like to say sort of established this site. Uh, and, and he said to me like, uh, you know, when it comes to the Yankees, like when I was a kid and he said, when I was a kid, was Phil Rizzuto somebody I paid to go see? No. I'm, I'm paraphrasing. I don't remember exactly what he said, but it was more or less saying that Rizzuto wasn't the guy. And holy cow, I guess there's something to that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, and yeah, going down that era and time frame, you know, Bill Mazeroski for the Pirates is in the Baseball Hall of Fame. And then you go look at his numbers and you wonder why. And it's basically a game seven walk-off home run against the Yankees. Uh, you know, that, that defined essentially a, what became a Hall of Fame career. And, you know, you know the, 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 of course, the judgment criteria for any Hall of Fame is so subjective. It's, you know, were they popular or good, a lot of things. But, uh, you know, most, most criteria for, put for Bill Mazeroski wouldn't have him as, again, an elite player that somebody that led the Tigers. And, again, then you go to, like, the maybe – I'm sorry, the Pirates. You go to the later Pirates, you see a guy like Dave Parker that, you know, was, was right at the top of home runs, batting average. And he's typically on the fringe, probably probably a guy that's going to get in on one of these veterans, uh, modern era ballots. But, uh, but you know, Bill, Bill Mazeroski. Yeah, I mean, like uh, Joe Carter, again, I love Joe Carter. And every right? Toronto Blue Jay fan. Uh, <laughs> I'm not Canadian. I, well, that's true. <laughs> every too. Canadian. Yeah, I mean, if I were to stumble across Joe Carter, I mean, like I'd empty out my bank account. Like uh, you, you name the lobster, you know, yeah. and you name the lobster and the dom, and it's yours. I'll, I'll be miserable about it afterwards. That shit, I really couldn't have afforded that. But hey, I got a story. But he's also got a B war under thirty. Yeah. And he still parlayed that to a veterans ballot. Yeah. Not that long ago, and. Again, I there he's still probably the biggest name in Blue Jays history. Uh, is he even the top 10 Blue Jays of all time? Statistically, not even close. Right. But right. he's still Joe F. and Carter. Yep. At game six. Yeah. People will remember it's it's fascinating how you become an a zeitgeist. Like I look at Wendell Clark as as like a, for in hockey. Because uh, Toronto was all about the Leafs, uh, it still is for that matter. In the '80s, they stunk, but their best player was Wendell Clark, who was okay. He was just <laughs> a good, tough guy who's going to give you 30 goals and he's going to scrap. That's fine, but not if he's your best player. <laughs> right. Sure enough, they never went anywhere. But again, Wendell Clark could probably do that ten times. What I just described with Joe Carter in Toronto. Wendell Clark could do 10 times more and he will never ever breathe a hall of fame. Yeah. No should he? Right. Right. But case of rum, case of rum, whatever will be, will be. <laughs> yep. Uh, so this is the part where, uh, and Evan's far better at this than I am. He goes through those we lost and he's far more empathetic than I am. Sometimes I'm a little sarcastic. 
uh, but I try. So we've uh, so we've lost a few people, not as many as usually when when Evan's doing it. Uh, did we ever tell you about the beige mistress? No. Okay. So we figured. Well, when Evan started doing this, uh, he figured out that for reasons unknown, uh, there was a shit ton of Hungarian athletes that just kept dying every week. So we figured out, like, okay, like this has got to be some kind of weird Marvel anti-character. So we dubbed it the Beige Mistress. <laughs> so the Beige Mistress has been quiet. So I just wanted to open up with that. So right. yes, uh, no Hungarians have passed away. So we've had a few uh, notable deaths that we'll go through. Uh, Grindstone, Kentucky Derby winner of 1996, died at age 29. Is there a better life of a former athlete than a Kentucky Derby winner? Okay, you're done. You don't, so what's my job? You're just going to go out and fuck. <laughs> right. How awesome is that? Well, he put everything to the grindstone in and maybe he <laughs> fucked himself to death. I don't know. Good on him. Uh, Tom Young, American basketball coach uh, from American Rutgers, Old Dominion, record of 524 and 328, died at age, no, I didn't write it down, all right, well, never heard of him, to be yeah. honest. Me either until I searched this up. Yep. Uh, here's an interesting sport, uh, race walking, that's the funniest thing to ever watch, I it, don't get it. It is. And it and looks that- yeah, it, it looks funny, but it's got to be grueling as hell. It, it, it is. We had, uh, I ran cross country in high school and uh, we had somebody that was on the women's cross country team that was a, a middle of the pack runner, mm-hmm. but she had mastered the art craft of race walking okay. and, and taught us it a little bit. And, and it was, the, the, the motions for me were completely out of sync. I couldn't manage it. I could, you know, I, I'd be way worse at it. But yeah, the, the techniques of, of exactly how the, the feet get on the ground at the right cadence and you, uh, there's a lot of hip action involved. It was, it was impressive how she had uh, taken what was, uh, I'll say medium athleticism and, par- and parlayed it via technique and approach to something that she was elite at and was written in some local papers about, you know, the, the race walking uh popularity is is such that there's not that many major competitions in any major city at any given time but she was the best in the area at this at that craft and so uh it it, it, it is funny to watch it mm-hmm. it's it's probably one of it's those things that's way more difficult than you think it is watching it i can just imagine the judging in that like nope nope that's a run yeah. right yeah that's right uh but eric hall british waste race waste rocker race walker 56 in 1960. I didn't even know they were doing it back then. He passed away at the age of 89. So I, I, for whatever reason, I actually thought that that didn't become a sport till 84, but I guess I'm wrong on that one. That's what I first remember too. I would have said the eighties, you know, the 80 uh, summer games were a little bit clouded because the Moscow boycott, but 84, it's it's also about the age when I was really paying attention and. Right. Well, me, me too. Uh, so yeah because like 84 summer olympics was the one first one that really was in my consciousness uh I mean, well i guess the 76 one was partially but i would have been four but i just remember the aftermath of uh uh of a lot of that mostly with uh the then named bruce jenner i want to make sure that i'm saying that properly uh because like that 
I'll say this. Uh, my, my cousin had a Bruce Jenner board game. And then when I went there to play, it says, no, some of the pieces are missing. <laughs> uh, that That's actually true. That, <laughs> But hey, if Caitlin was listening, she'd probably have laugh. Uh, she seems to take it, uh, these types of things in stride, race running, running or otherwise. <laughs> well, yeah, nice. Well, I mean, that, that's the other thing. I, I mentioned Martina and Apertilova. I mean, like the, the one who's sort of like talking most about the, the whole transition in sports is someone who was the only elite athlete who became a trans person. I'm not exactly a huge fan of Caitlin because, you know, she kind of killed the one person, kind of got away with it. Say, hey, by the way, I'm trans now, it, you know, but maybe this is her lane. Uh, yeah. What do I know? Nothing, right. apparently. I, I just run a goofy network. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just along your coattails, my friend. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so we lost the San Diego Charger, Harold Aiken. He played for the Chargers uh, for two years. Uh, the late 60s, died at age 77. I hate saying this. Every time I see a football player die, like, God, I hope that's not under 60. That, that was my first thought was, uh, yeah. you know, too many times that somebody I was followed in college or was in college at the same time. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the, the CTE and the – that's really just onsets other medical – issues we got a whole show on that uh but yeah you, you you like to see some of those uh you know we're, we're at that stage now where a lot of the or i'll call them early nfl guys are are uh, that lived a full life are passing away uh just due to being 77 80 85 whatever it is and so uh it, yeah it's it's it, it's good to see uh but uh, you know it's sad for the family and um certainly noteworthy that uh you know that these early pioneers of the game that just look so different than it does today are uh, uh, get recognized in some way. Right. Uh, that's rough to see. Uh, two other big names. Uh, we usually don't cover politics, but you know, I think this is sort of worth talking about. Madeline Albright passed away at age of 84, uh, first female secretary of state. Uh, it's your country, man. Uh, anything to say add on that? No, uh, uh, I believe she was secretary of state under Clinton. Was that the, yeah. um, the era? Uh, yeah, I thought, um, again, not a political show, but, you know, sometime in the first Bush and Clinton era, we still had some civilized politics where uh, both we talk to each other. Can't now. We would talk to each other. And, and she uh, did, a, did a wonderful job and wasn't one that the other side was trying to tear down all the time. And, uh, you know, it was a relative, you know, Secretary of State. There were some uh, challenges associated with um the middle east but there always are but uh, you know, she, she was always will be always are and always always have always are and always will be mm-hmm. uh, you could start with the bible as a place to start with the controversies and, and wars in that era uh, i'm not a, i'm not into religion but i do understand that that is what the bible said yeah which is going yeah but all good i love you all yeah. And uh, someone who probably is more dear, near and dear to our heart, John Clayton. Absolutely. That was a, that was a tough one because the uh, the era that I started following ESPN so closely was pretty much you know, when he was coming on and uh, was was always so brilliant and and precise with his analysis. Of course, he, had, he has that kind of personality of uh, he wasn't a pretty boy. He wasn't a flamboyant or ha- have any shtick per se. But he would just give it to you straight. 
And of course, you know, the, the thing I saw most after it was that hilarious Sports Center commercial where he's uh, pulls off the fake tie and goes to his room and, and headbangs. And uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah I remember that. Yeah. And it just it made him so relatable, you know, that he could kind of laugh at himself that way. Uh, mm -hmm. but, but really, as a professional, I, there's very few in the business uh, that match his expertise and his uh, analysis and his ability to get the latest stories uh, you know, in the NFL, which is usually surrounding free agency injuries, whatever, whatever it was. And so uh, and he uh, it seemed young to me. I mean, he's, he's older, but not uh, certainly wasn't. There's a lot of sevens uh, not doesn't feel that old. No, no, yeah, yeah, you and I are getting closer every day uh, to, to that, but um, but gone, definitely gone, gone too soon. And somebody that I, I respected in the industry, as I think most uh, people that that do things like this, uh, podcasts and videos, and and even just fans alike, uh, just really appreciated his work, and he'll uh, uh, he'll be missed. Yeah. So yeah, he's uh, for, I, really the biggest name sort of uh, when it comes to deaths for like for our purposes. I actually passed over something I meant to go through. I should have met, said that before. Uh, the This is a bit of blatant self-promotion, but whatever. Oh, Arkansas just beat Gonzaga, so. Yeah, they were up when I we started the show. Yeah. yeah. I got yeah. Houston on for later. They're taking on Zona, so we'll see. Nice, nice. They're up next. All right. Well, the bar was just at the, the bartender who went to uh, school of Corliss Williamson's. He just made 500 bucks or I don't know what he made because he said he laid 500 on Arkansas. So he, he must sort of like me because I might be one of the few Canadians who actually knew who Corliss Williams Williamson was. So there's not a lot of us up here. Yeah, he was uh, he was in college about the time I was and they came through. I went to school in Austin at UT and they came through a regional in Austin uh, that uh, it was spring break. So I went to all the games and uh, Arkansas was back then. They were number one, Nolan Richardson, and uh, they barely escaped a, a couple really close games. And I think went on to the finals, either won or lost to UCLA. I can't remember which year, it was yeah. one of those two years. It's funny, every time I think of Gonzaga basketball, I don't think about when they won recently. They were the defending champions, no? Yeah. No, no. Um, well, they won it recently, didn't they? The whole thing, Gonzaga? I don't think they have. I think that that's been their their knock. Okay, uh, but anytime I think of them, I always think of Adam Morrison crying when they lost. Yeah. And then, and I I watched that at a bar. I said to my friend, like, whoever anyone who drafts him, forget it. Yeah. You're not crying now. You should be mad. You know. Yeah. So like like I want the guy who's pissed that they lost, not that they not the one crying. Again, because I'm such a man. But anyway. Yeah, no, that, um, yeah, that was, yeah, again, we could do a whole show on NBA bus, but he'd be at the, and it was so predictable. Sometimes it is, sometimes it isn't, but in that case, I think we could see. And yet still has more NBA championship rings than Charles Barkley. <laughs> right. That is, yeah, yeah, we go through the, the ring argument every year on some of the Hall of Fame shows. Well, he has rings, he doesn't. Well, it, there's a lot yeah. more to it than. Well, so, so does Jeremy Lin. Like, Jeremy, I, you know, they, they, don't, they, they don't want me because I'm Chinese. Like, shut up. Right. You, you were literally in the NBA years longer than you should have been, including that year in Toronto. <laughs> yeah, he was, uh, you know, we did this show a couple of weeks ago about my Sportsman of the Week. I'm looking it up now. He was the seventh ever Sportsman of the Week for that amazing week. story. That, that when he yeah. emerged uh, with the Knicks in uh, basically February 2012 is this crazy story 
that was um, he was definitely one of the early. Yeah, that was that's kind of surrounding what that does is is that it, it recognize somebody that does something for a short period of time. Like we talked about the playoffs. Mm -hmm. You know, you can have a great World Series, Elite Championships World Series, and you'll be in our playoff Hall of Fame. But you know, obviously, Jeremy Lin will not be any in any sort of ballot. I, I would love. Do they still produce thirty for thirty? I think so. Yeah, that yeah. would be a great thirty for thirty. Yeah. And, and, and just, I, I want to hear everything from Carmelo, who was just so pissed the whole time. And in, in a way, he was kind of right. Yeah. Because, you know, uh, but we'll, we'll go into more basketball later. Uh, I, I want to sort of announce, uh, you may have seen this, may not have, I'm not sure. Uh, it took me a while, but the, the non-Hall of Fame core list for the, for the top 300 who should be considered for the Halls, in baseball and football are now up. So I'm just going to read you the top 10 that have changed a bit. So just going to get your visceral, re, uh, visceral reaction. Uh, initially in baseball, I used to have it as 1A, 1B, 1C, where it was uh, Pete Rose, Shoeless Joe, and then whoever was eligible. And I thought, ah, screw that. I'm just, this is the first time after doing this for 10 years that I just ranking them all as is. So here we go. Barry Bonds is now number one. I, I know you have, you're against him uh, for, for the PEDs, which I, we, we, we talked about. And yeah. you can sort of like check that back because uh, Dave was part of a group of us that we did. Uh, I was sober for that one. So I was so proud of myself because the first time we did it, I was completely obliterated and I don't remember any of it. <laughs> I don't remember that one either. Well, Oh, no, I'm glad you did. Actually, Evan had to call me up and say, like, hey, wake up, asshole. Oh, I do remember that one. Yeah. We're okay, right. well. Yeah. It, it had been a couple hours, and it was time to go to bed at that point. We had pretty much hashed everything. No, but I was drunk. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll admit that. I got no problem with that. I'll uh, say, but for the PED guys uh, and or the suspended guys, there is absolutely no uh, reason they shouldn't be one, one A, one B, two, three, four, because from a talent perspective, and you're looking at as the pool gets smaller, as guys get shuffled in, uh, there, there, no argument from here that this defensible that he would be number one. Yeah. So Bonds is number one, and this is where it really gets interesting because the top five all have asterisks. If you really want to look at it that way, so Bonds is number one, Clemens is number two, and pretty much they're the same player. Right. Yeah. yeah. I, I I always ask why do they differ by one percent, and somebody says, well, Clemens <laughs> with the uh, marriage infidelity and wasn't found guilty in bonds the court cases were different uh, who cares this, yeah, they're, they're, they're the same guy marriage yeah. well because barry bonds never cheated i'm sure right no whatever uh a rod is a, is a sticky one but he's number three yeah and i struggle with him because like and I, i've said this before on, on a thing that you were part of and i'll say that openly here uh Bonds and Clemens will always have my vote because after 2004, that is when the union and Major League Baseball agreed that, okay, PEDs are wrong and we're going to suspend people. Right, right. So Bonds and Clemens, in my eyes, did nothing wrong in terms of Major League Baseball. Ethically, yeah, absolutely. In terms of what baseball puts forth. Yeah. Yeah. But A-Rod's right now at number three. Pete Rose at number four. That blew my mind when I was putting this all together. Like, the guy was I mean, most hits of all time. Was actually... number four. Yeah, but he's actually less of a play. But if you were to sort of do your... Oh, yeah. 
GM draft of who you could have. That's not wrong. No. Yeah. There was, uh, I always thought Pete Rose was a little overrated. Now I, I only watched him play at the very end of his career when he was just a slap hitter collecting, uh, collecting hits, but, um, yeah, I wasn't there for the mid seventies, um, heyday, but, uh, that, but most hits, you know, no question in the way he played the game, uh, right. tough, hard, healthy, long time, smart, smart about, uh, he was into the managing and knew, uh, I, I hear he, uh, you know, was good at gambling on it too. So he obviously had some, <laughs> some good. Well, I don't know how good he was at gambling. He, we just know he was bad at getting caught. <laughs> that's right yeah there's no actual I, evidence that he was in I, I i i listen i follow well not much anymore but i was a big guy in pro wrestling mm-hmm. and when i got a chance to talk to pete rose i got you know because he's in the wwe hall of fame <laughs> so i don't know if you know that i i think i saw that come across the ticker yeah. five years or however long ago and yeah. probably moved on to the next story so i heard in a podcast when he got his hall of fame payoff uh, he wanted it all in cash so that he could go to the casino. Yeah, because he which is totally believable. Right. Yeah. And hey, you know, good on him. I could care less if you're a big gambler, but unless, but I do have a problem when you know that that's your sport says don't do it, yeah. which is why crap. Who, who's a, Calvin Ridley? I mean, like. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. I, I'm conflicted because. It's like a thousand dollar bet, or so. it was not any right. Sort of... But your sport makes is all about gambling, yeah. but you know what the rule is, so like, yeah, yeah. right now, yeah. But in both cases, it was just dumb, it was just bad judgment. And then in Pete Rose's case, it just was uh, not having somebody tell him to recover from this and stop digging deeper, because uh, that's all he does every time he talks about it, right? And then when he finally says, Yeah, I did it. Oh, by the way, here's my book, yeah. Right. <laughs> Yeah, there's all right. Yeah. Well, fine. Uh, number five, Shoeless Joe, big Shoeless Joe fan. Yep. Yeah. Who, again, might have been part of a of a thing. Might not have been. Right. You look at his World Series performance. Sure didn't look. If man, if he if he was trying to lose, he doesn't really. He's not really good at it. But, yeah, I thought. Yeah, I think he was in the wrong meetings at the wrong time, and um, but and 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 by by most accounts was not a, a very I'd say not a very bright man. We can say it. He was well educated man. Yeah, you know, just uh, was well, probably just following the wrong people. You know, and it's not even so much not being educated. Just some people are uneducated but are street smart. Like my my dad never got past sixth grade. He's one of the smartest people I know, but. Yeah. Shoeless Joe does not seem to be the brightest guy in any capacity. So that brings at number six, the only person who has no, and, and this boggles my mind, somebody who didn't get passed one year on the ballot, Lou Whitaker. I'm not a big Lou Whitaker guy. Now I'm oh, become, really, okay. I've become, become more and more soft on some of the, I'll say fringe borderline guys like a Scott Rowland a couple years ago I you know I would I would have said now here's just a all-star third baseman not a hall of famer mm-hmm. uh, from a second base perspective I'm always outvoted on your shows about Jeff Kent I don't understand why Jeff Kent wouldn't if you put their numbers side by side wouldn't be head and shoulders over a guy like Lou Whitaker I feel I felt like Trammell the same way that mm-hmm. uh, you know Trammell basically was never got any momentum and then was put in by a veterans ballot uh, good Good, strong players, just a little bit below that. Again, when I when I go there, 
I, I, I go to a game, I wouldn't say, I can't wait to see Lou Whitaker play today. I can't wait to see the magic he would cause. Like I might see uh, somebody like even a MVP Jeff Kent or uh, Ryan Sandberg or other second baseman, uh, Bill Mazeroski, we mentioned earlier, I would not, same thing. I would not say him. Uh, does that mean if he got in, I would, I would be all behind him and you know, he's a, he's a hall of famer, but um, I would have him lower on my list of top 300 than, than you do. Well, a lot of it too, it's not even necessarily my list anymore. It becomes impacted by other votes Yeah, because people can vote yeah. on it. So like, if I go from my pure, my, my personal pure 300, isn't this. Got, got it. Yeah. Yeah. So Although Lou would still be top 10, not necessarily six. Right. But well, maybe, well, he'd be, he wouldn't be that far off. Uh, Number seven is Bill Dolan, who was a, a veteran candidate not that long ago. Number eight is the controversial Kurt Schilling. Who doesn't? I would, Schilling, yeah, I would have Schilling in up in, in, in near my top five. Uh, and he was a guy that I looked at kind of a little harsh. And I'm putting all the other crap aside, but just from a you know, ERA was meh. But then you start looking at his strikeout records. And again, you know. Mm-hmm. Let's go back to that postseason Hall of Fame. He's the first uh, first ballot guy. Um, unless he out. unless he tells us he doesn't want to go in, right? Right. Which, which could be the case, because, but you know, you, but that's the interesting thing, right? Because Rose told me, and he's told other people, so it's not like I'm so exclusive. Yeah. Uh, that he said, like, I'm a bigger name because I'm not in. Yeah, he is. Like Kurt Schilling, I'm sure he figured the same thing out. Kurt Schilling, it will be more famous because people will understand that he was excluded for a political view, a view against media. Although, uh, you ever go on Cameo? Uh, familiar with it, but no. Okay, so Cameo, it's, it's just basically where you can get celebrities, whoever, anyone with a name to sort of like send you a two-minute video. And sometimes you can see their, uh, their promos or I guess like what they can do. Kurt Schilling looks like he's in a ba- he's in a bunker. Like I, I, I know that he lost all his money at one point in time for whatever reason, but I'm yeah, sure video he, game crap. I mean, I don't yeah, know I, I'm sure he can afford a better background than what I got going on here in a hotel. Because uh, <laughs> it's just like him, and it looks like his entire magazine collection behind him. Maybe he's upgraded that since, but it's yeah it's interesting but i i'm kind of with you i mean i tried to separate the athlete from the art artist like i think kurt Schilling should have been in the hall of fame a long time ago and keeping him out actually makes him a bigger name is, is what i honestly think you you want to punish him actually put him in yeah I, is, which is make, weird make him give a speech boy that would be you know most of the hall of fame speeches Ooh. are pretty cut and dry but if he was up i'm gonna there, go to that one yeah yeah so uh I'm not sure if I mentioned this to you. I'll, I'll mention that here. I, I, I'm planning the first ever not in Hall of Fame meetup at some point, 2023, Canton. Yeah, I, I've caught some of our some of the chat on that. That's um, what I thought. Okay, yeah, okay. Yeah, okay. yeah, that would be. So, so be I'm putting that out there. So, so unless you're a psycho stalker, please come out and meet us. Uh, I'll I'll do my best. The time of year and other things. There's other factors, but uh, nice. Uh, so number nine, statistically relevant, but goddamn. Manny Ramirez. Yeah, I, uh, sometimes when I'm wondering why some guys like Bonds and Clemens are hanging around the 60 to 70 percent range, I don't understand. Is, is it a is it a before and after thing? Like you said, 
uh, with the steroids after a rod uh, situation uh, because Manny Ramirez was was an elite player. He was the guy that you would say, I can't wait to go see the Boston Red Sox play because Manny Ramirez is going to be batting third and he's right. probably going to do something special today. Uh, and yeah, postseason uh, accolades as well. So uh, yeah, I, I I would bump him up. Put in all the if PEDs aren't a factor. I would put him yeah right near not, not quite a rise level, but maybe fourth or fifth. The thing with Manram too is, uh, and I, I hate saying this because there's zero chance I believe that David Ortiz was not juicing after 2004. I'm sorry, but th- he was. Yep. I I, I truly believe That's- that. That's the challenge of when I when somebody like me stands up and says, keep these guys out. How do you put other guys in that just maybe skirted around some of the um, testing or rules or mm-hmm. the timing was different? It, 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 and then that's why some yeah. voters say I'm putting them all in. And then some voters say I'm putting none of them in because I can't trust any of them. And, and so and that frustrates fans on both sides. Yeah. And, you know, like we've got three people in right now who have been the fingers have been pointed at uh bagwell uh piazza and irod yep fudge yeah so three people who especially with irod because that was uh, someone who canseco said i injected and canseco doesn't give a shit i believe jose canseco (laughs) of all the people in this like jose canseco was like i told you guys that you know in the mitchell report came out he's like you might as well just read my book you know yeah, you know, say what we want about Jose. We can say an awful lot. Uh, I saw this interview that he did on DJ Vlad, and he's just brutally honest. Yeah, I went from the majors to to living in my friend's garage in a year. Yeah. Who admits that? Well, <laughs> right. right. Yeah. He does. Yeah. You know, and uh, well, I had my MMA fight, and I shouldn't have taken it. I knew I was going to get my ass kicked, but I figured, what the hell. <laughs> right. no excuse like i believe him this gives no shits about his image about you know he's like i'm, I'm here to have fun i'm here to be yeah. honest and and so then he says he injected irod i, I, I absolutely no I reason mean, to yeah because he's shitting on himself <laughs> that's right you know like he, he damn he it bragging man. about all the different concoctions he was like oh, i did this i did that i mixed this together thought it would work yeah but you know when you dip your wick in madonna i mean like that's not even the worst thing that he ever injected in his body oh, wait a minute, that got that <laughs> anyway uh, moving right along number 10 off the rails yeah. no you, you're supposed to keep me on the rails right pull it back yeah. in man yeah uh here's a, the only person who's now newly eligible is carlos beltron and now here's another person with a stink on him just just because of uh he hit a garbage can well not just because of that well that that's more your your era because absolutely uh yeah i'll uh uh when we get to the good the bad and the ugly uh there will be his uh spirit will be invoked but um it'll be an interesting bellwether test on what the immediate reaction is to to that controversy in the context of what was going on in the game, similar to how PEDs in the context of what was going on in the game and how uh, the media might react to that. Uh, but uh, yeah, certainly take put that aside. Uh, one of the great switch hitters of all time. If you look at the total home runs of switch hitters, you know, you're talking Mantle, Murray, uh, Chipper Jones, and then uh, him and Lance Berkman are, are following. There may have been somebody I missed, uh, but, um, and, you know, five tools, uh, I can't remember how much postseason success he had, but uh, of course, 
really with the Astros at the end, they didn't really do much. Um, but but anyway, but certainly uh, I well, well, it right. depends on your point of view. You might have done a lot. Right. Uh, <laughs> true. True. And in a different role altogether. Yeah. But um, but he uh, is certainly worthy of the conversation. Yeah, definitely. So that's the top 10 there. Uh, this just came out today. Uh, top 10 in football. Uh, so this one is uh, a lot more new people. Uh, so number one is Joe Thomas, who I think you and I would agree is one and done. Yeah, yeah, he'll be uh, he'll be very quickly in. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chuck Howley goes from number three to number two. Yep, uh, it, it's harder for those classic guys, uh, but um... yeah, well, it, it, it's harder in one way. It isn't because you know it wasn't all that long ago. If you were a senior candidate, there wasn't a lock that you're going to get in. Now, right. if you're a senior candidate, you're going to get in. I can't remember yeah. the last time they said no to anybody. It's just uh, a matter of waiting your turn in line. Yeah, uh, number three is another person, uh, Randy Gratishar. Yeah, who was number three. They just flipped based on votes that came. Uh, someone who I thought for sure was going to get in last year, Demarcus Ware, is goes from I number one too. to number four. Yeah, I, I think I uh, somebody can go back and look at how I voted, but I think I pretty much had him in in the you know as we narrowed and winnowed it down. I, I kept voting for him, and I was really surprised the uh, whatever happened in that. Um, secret room of zoom uh didn't uh didn't carry the day the only thing i could think of is just the the first ballot or the you know the other guy the other guys they put in were were worthy as well uh there it just didn't seem like some of them had as much momentum in the public forum as, as where would have but uh yeah it won't be long for where right uh so the other new person in the top 10 is Darrell revis number five uh Revis is one of those people, like, uh, I think a lot of people, if, if you're just starting to follow football and just say, well, I mean, how come he doesn't have that many interceptions? Because no one wanted to throw to him. It's yep. football yeah. is one of those games. You can't just go by a pure stat. You just can't, it's, especially in the corner. Yeah. On the defensive side of the ball, you know, the, you try to talk interceptions, tackles. We've talked about uh, mm-hmm. Tillman and fumbles. Um, you know, there's, there's a lot of different ways to measure it. Certainly, again, you look at a. If you were playing against his defense, your entire offensive scheme was going to have to be changed depending upon where he was going to line up on the field against what asset you had, and you'd have to do something different. So that uh, that that seemed to align with what I think uh, a Hall of Famer is. Especially when you were playing for a team as let's just be blunt, as mediocre as the Jets were. Oh yeah. You know, you're you didn't have to be an expert offensive coordinator that week. <laughs> right. You're like, don't throw over there. <laughs> that entire side of the field uh, exactly. we'll over here and uh, still win 28, 10. Number six, LC Greenwood. Yeah. Then, and, and I caught the end of his career. Uh, and so I don't have that much firsthand memory, but certainly, and, and that might be ones you look at in, in a playoff hall of fame scenario. Cause you play for so many good Steelers teams. Ooh, uh, true, yeah. I didn't, um, but I don't know about how he stacks up against others of his era, other than he was one of the bigger names. And he did some good beer commercials back in the day, too. I <laughs> smashing a can on his head. That shit matters, man. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's those early NFL guys. They were who. The first thing I did when I got back to Canada, I'm pounding Molson Canadian. Not necessarily because I think it's my favorite beer, just because I grew up watching Hockey Night in Canada. It was always Molson Canadian. Yeah, every time I go to Canada, that's the first thing I'm going to order, man. Same thing. It's not the best deal, yeah. but it's what you got to order when you're there. All right, so that's what we're doing. We'll go to a Jets game. Awesome. All I'm right. down. Nice. Winnipeg Jets, that is, not the New York Jets. 
<laughs> yes. Yes, actually, the, the, there was a gift basket when we got here. Look what they put here. Oh, nice. Yeah. So I've already got, I've already won to my first game, actually against Dallas. Oh, good. Yeah. Uh, they, of which Winnipeg lost. Of course, I was drunk. I had to look and see what happened. Next day. Yeah. Next day. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Hello, V. Uh, number seven, Tory Holt, who is, it's eventually. Yeah, he's, he'll, he'll be there eventually. Yep. Uh, number eight, Rondé Barber. Uh, he went from 10 to eight. Uh, Rondé is going to get in eventually too. Uh, Roger Craig at number nine. He dropped from five to nine based on votes coming in. Uh, Interesting. Yeah, Craig, Craig's going to get there at, at some point, I hope. Uh, I mean, it, it was for, for younger people, that's basically Christian McCaffrey of two years ago back then is the best way I can describe it. Yeah, he would, and, and that when the West Coast offense and Bill Walsh launched it, he was really the centerpiece of it because he did all those Chris, uh, Christian McCaffrey type things, caught it out of the backfield, was able to run uh, counters around the edge, up the middle, uh, durable, uh, on winning teams. You know, again, back to that, the, the playoff Hall of Fame, him and a lot of those 49ers that were really, you know, borderline players, but then as a team, you know, excelled because of the leadership of Bill Walsh and having Joe Montana, Jerry Rice helped. Uh, but uh, a little, <laughs> a little. Yeah. Uh, but uh, but yeah, Roger Craig. Um, yeah, I, I, I given some of the other candidates, I don't know how soon or uh, it's a little uh, forever move down. Yeah, or if ever. And number ten, Zach Thomas. Oh yeah, Zach. I, I I specifically kept Zach out two years ago on our vote because two of us held out and refused that we only put in four on your committee because yeah, that's never I happened was, again. I, I was one of those guys. Yeah. Uh, but uh, well, Zach Thomas, he's a of course Texas Tech, so down here in, hmm. in the state of Texas, uh, great player in college, decent NFL player. My opinion, not quite to the level that I would put in the Hall of Fame, but uh, he's certainly close. Yeah, it's it's really interesting seeing how some people like our votes on on some of this coming through. Like, uh, let me bring this up before we move on to the next thing. So I always find this fascinating. It's the one vote that always blows my mind uh, in terms of percentage of because we have we break it down by four. Yes, put them in. Oh, yeah, why not? And it wouldn't bother me. It's like hell no. Donovan McNabb, thirty eight percent. Who did he piss off, this guy? Like, yeah, I, I, I'm pro McNabb. I, he, yeah, uh, one of the biggest jumps, actually, right around here. Uh, Jake Scott, uh, defensive back, Miami Dolphins, 95% of people wanting to put him in. He went from 153 to 76. So if you think yeah. your votes don't matter, well, maybe they don't, but they do with me. So, right. There that's you why, go. That's why it's a list of 300, not 10. Yeah, well, originally it was, I think when I first said it was 100, it's like, man, I'm missing a whole bunch of people. And yeah. I could probably expand this to 500 easily. I'm not. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't even know how I managed to do this. Uh, it was hard enough. Like the hardest one, because is usually when I, you, you add new people. And Shane Leckler was the hardest one for me. Yeah. Because, okay, you're the second greatest punter of all time behind Ray Guy. But because football took so long to get everything started, he, what do I have on that? Uh, what, he's debuting at 110. That's pretty and, good. 
I think so. I mean, like the people around him are right in front of him is Cornelius Bennett behind him, Jay Novacek. Yeah. Are we really going to say that Leckler is somebody you would draft ahead of those two and you wouldn't. Right. And that, yeah, that, that's a different thing because you don't draft kicker kickers, punters, typically uh, yeah. they just kind of, but, but boy, the, you know, the value can be there. And, 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 and back to my, th- I'm not going to go pay to go see Shane Leckler punt and say, oh, I can't wait to see Shane Leckler today. He's oh, hell no. You don't want him to punt if you're a fan <laughs> right. of well, if he's on the visiting team, you might, but, uh, yeah. but if you're going to take, if you're going to have that part, be part of the game, kicking, punting, kick returning, you know, Devin Hester as an example, and, uh, uh, and you're going to rank and they're somewhere near the top five of that, of their craft. I think they have a place in the hall to recognize their greatness as one of the greats at, at their position, even mm-hmm. if it's not a position that's a glory position. And it's kind of, you know, it is what it is. Um, so I, I, yeah. I'd move like, I'd, I'd put Leckler pretty high. And, you know, even though it's like o- only 110, I consider this pretty damn high considering yeah. the studs ahead of them. Right. Yeah. When, yeah. when you're talking guys you know, that we mentioned in the top 10, I mean, there's, there's so many good players that, uh, that certainly I wouldn't put them ahead of, uh, but, uh, you know, should there be a, a, a special ballot where there's one kind of niche guy that's picked every year, that might be something. Could happen. That, yeah. I mean, it, could, it could. Well, God, if, if we let our friend Vinny sort of like take over, God knows what's yeah. going to happen. Oh, uh, that he would say, now we can't have a special ballot. I don't want any special wings or special designations. They got to be. We love you. We, we love you, but you, you could make a case for the guy, for well, the guy, go for the woman, whoever sort of like came up with the idea of stitching in the football. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Can't play the game without that person. <laughs> hey, he's, he does a, a special show. I'll, I'll promote that now. Vinny yeah. makes the Hall of Fame case for, and they're pretty damn interesting. He comes up with people I sometimes I've never heard of. And, you know, sometimes he turns me around. Sometimes I'll say at the end, all right, well, you've made a case, so I don't agree with you, but that's okay. <laughs> yeah, he, he does his research. He knows his stuff and he finds the obscure, which is not easy, right? It's, it's easy to go Google and find, you know, the top 10 guys you said and make a case for him, but uh, he'll go out and find, you know, those those really niche. And, and, and it's his, a credit to his fandom that he wants to promote that element, those people that contributed uh, in an equal fashion that the others that, you know, agree with them or disagree with them, but he, he has a cause and he supports it. He doesn't just pick somebody uh, random. If he does, he'll go do the homework and then present it to us. And then you know, we, we tell him no, but that's okay. Oh, so, oh he did a request for me. Uh, that should go up soon. Uh, Leo Ferris, the guy who gave us the uh, 24 second shot clock. Yeah. So, I mean, like, that's pretty damn important, I think. Yeah. Right. Basketball without that. Eesh. Now, uh, the complete converse of that is we are not going to put in Rob Manfred for putting in a pitch clock in baseball, or I will set the place on fire. Rob Manfred is going to get into the future Hall of Famer, Rob Manfred, because that's how baseball is. Yeah, they, they, well, yeah, they so like before them. I get to the next thing, I, I'm going to throw this out at you. I'm going to say that, you know, going back to hockey, Gary Bettman is the only Hall of Famer that actually had a better career after he got into the Hall of Fame. <laughs> oh, interesting. Yeah, uh, like NHL commissioner, who I've always said was one of the worst until Rob Manfred came along. But yeah. he's—I I think Manfred's done some decent things since, and I—I I give the devil their due. And you mean I, Batman did some decent things since? I would. 
I, I think sort of the way you sort of like handle a lot of things internationally, yeah, with expansion is done reasonably well. A lot of Canadians hate him because we're always sort of thinking that the NHL is anti-Canada. And realistically, if I was head of the NHL, I kind of would be too. Here's my money in the U.S. Right, yeah. It, we don't want to admit that. Right. But I mean, let's be blunt. The Right now, if uh, the playoffs go as is, the worst scenario would be anything with Calgary. Yep. Well, yeah. and, it, and it would be for the NHL. Uh, that that's just the fact that's just a fact uh and it may, I, I would it like to see calgary go through but i'm a canadian i you know that's the same with baseball you know when they when they have a world series and it's it's not a you know a major team it uh the ratings go you know tampa bay rays in the world series are not going to get eyes on it uh, they're not even getting eyes on it in tampa bay no they don't even right they might not even get the highest ratings there and then um you know Anyway, there's there's tons of you know, the Washington Nationals newer team didn't get a lot of high ratings here. They made it. So um, and then then there's been years it was like the Phillies and the Yankees. And you would think it would have got big ratings and it really didn't because um, teams outside those markets really tune those teams out. So, uh, well, baseball also, too, they can't develop stars to save their life. No, yeah, yeah it's awful. Yeah, they've got they handed on a silver platter, Otani's and Trout's and um, Tatis and, uh, well, and. Yeah, but Trout, though. Uh, okay, Otani may not be able to speak English, or he doesn't speak English. He very well could speak English and just chooses not Probably to. Some, but like, like Ichiro, yeah. who I think I believe could. Trout can't speak anything to save his life. Trout <laughs> is—he might as well be a, a, a mannequin. Your best yeah. player is a mute. Yeah, and, and that's. Do you remember when we do you remember back when we were kids, you know, and like the baseball players, though, I mean, like you knew the 20th best baseball player was probably the 30th biggest name in the sport. Yeah. Or in sports. Sorry. Sports, yeah. Yeah. Uh, sure as hell isn't the case now. Right. And it's it's sad. Uh, Trout is hard to market again, just because he's blank. He's a he's milk toast. By by yeah. every stretch, he's in L.A. How, you know, okay, he's in L.A. He's um, yeah, but they can't do anything with him. Otani, yeah. just because he's a special player. I mean, let's be a blunt. We don't know anything about Otani's personal life. Otani right. could be. I don't know. I mean, I'm not going to. I'm not going to say anything stupid here, but but just because there's we haven't seen there hasn't been a player like that in our lifetime. There's only been two: him and Babe Ruth. Right. Yeah. Babe Ruth only did that for one year before he said, okay, I'm just the hitter. Exactly. Yeah. Even, even that, that comp, I mean, it, it's great. Oh, he's doing things at Babe Ruth and it, it's not even a fair comp to either of them really, because, mm -hmm. uh, you know, Babe Ruth is, you know, was the all-time home run King in the first half of the 20th century, at least. Uh, and, and we're still seeing what Otani's going to be able to do longer term in, in terms of, he's going to be able to keep doing both. Um, yeah, they recently changed the rule that if he pitches, he can stay in as DH. So that's a good, that was a good Manfred rule. If I had just for any, and that's thinking outside of the box to right. promote your sport. I like that. And, and if you're going to make up a DH rule, which is a BS rule anyway, you might as well just make up subcategories yeah. of that rule and go on with it. Right. Yeah, totally. So, yeah. I mean, like, like something like that. I mean, I, I think God, it's so hard 
like I, I just realized that when when Trout was said something in an interview a year ago, I said, "Holy shit, that's what his voice is." Because <laughs> you never, yeah, you, you you never heard any interviews during the during the lockout. You of course they're not in the postseason, so you don't get some He's not of those commercials comments. either. Yeah, no, right? Yeah, yeah. Where's he? Yeah, back. What, what are we doing here, guy? Yeah, what baseball players are? You know. Maybe I mean, Kershaw, when he's chasing the fly ball, he has to drive the truck and go land. I mean, it's more like a link you, Okay, well, look at Aaron Judge. Aaron Judge is six yeah. foot four. Uh, he's like six seven or six eight. Oh, six. Okay, so, okay, so even taller than that. So better looking than Jeter and playing in New York. Yeah. How is he not Jeter plus? Right. Yeah. He should be That's on your guy. every billboard in the city. Every uh, commercial. Yeah. Because yeah. 20 years ago, that would have happened. Right. And, you know, hits the tape measure home runs and uh, been on winning teams. Yeah. It, 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 that crazy. Oh, well, anyway, moving on. Uh, so the next section, it's my elevator up, elevator down. And I look at people who over the last week and la- who's done something that you, we can really do something with regarding their personal uh, Hall of Fame elevator. And going sticking with baseball. And this is a very blanket thing. I'm going to say every old person who can still hit a ball who's over 40. So like Nelson Cruz, because now that you can actually go to the National League, your, your opportunity has just increased. So this is more of a blank. Usually I'm very specific, but I'm thinking of somebody like him who just keeps hitting home runs and now can work for twice as many places as he could. And it's not just going to be him. It's going to be a hell of a lot of other more players like Giancarlo Stanton, who is his defense has fallen off a cliff. If, yeah. if people haven't been paying attention or, to or Gary Sanchez, get him out from behind the plate. And, you know, there's twice right. as many jobs that, like you said, it went from 15 uh, potential jobs to, to 30. And, that, and, that, and that's a, a needle mover because, you know, when it's only 15, there's not as many teams out there willing to uh, to carry a guy, but when it's the both leagues and there's the advantage of when you the interleague play is so prevalent that now you can go to the other park and still play your guy and not have mm-hmm. to. Uh, Albert Pujols sure too, yeah. Pujols hang on a couple more years. Yeah, Pujols should no, he's got to go. I hope so. Yeah, I, and I and I like the guy. I I, I yeah. like Albert Pujols. I, I think in one of our baseball groups, someone said, "Well, he can play as long as he wants." Sure. It's as long as someone wants to pay him. Yeah. You know, I know like, uh, is, is he even signed right now? Is he still with the Dodgers? I, I thought I remember. I don't remember. I can't, I can't remember if he, if he did or not. I think with a lockout, maybe not. Um, and he was fishing around and it, I even heard something back maybe with the Cardinals at one point, but. Um, and there's another guy we talk about marketability, marketability, like yeah. you're Albert fucking pools. Why are you still not everywhere? He did. He did every, you know, did everything right as a positive demeanor, well-liked on the field amongst his colleagues, umpires, uh, fan, you know, only fans that don't like him are like Astros fans are still mad about that home run against Lidge. Uh, but, right. uh, but, but the rest of, you know, he sure he broke hearts, but he always, uh, but he was humble about it. You know, he wasn't brash or anything like that. So no. yeah, that, that's a missed opportunity the last 20 years. Didn't cheat, uh, at least with Pete. Right. Well, I mean, if you look at his stat lines, that is not the stat line. It's the Ken Griffey model. Right. Yeah. You know, and get over 35 and things start to. Well, yeah, more or less. Yeah. It's, it's like if, if 
he probably lied about his age, but right. he might not have even known his age. And I'm not saying that just because that just sort of happened in a lot of places in the Caribbean. That's just how it is. And then, the, you know, Andrew Jones, another one, does it really matter if they had a great career? Right. So that's one of my elevator ups. The other one is uh, I'm going in amateur wrestling in Gable Stevenson, who won the NCAAs. Uh, he won the Olympic gold and he's actually signed with WWE. Now, that shouldn't necessarily matter, but let's just be blunt. Amateur wrestlers don't stay in a public eye very long. So I will say that he's now elevator up for our Hall of Fame that you and I are part of, the United States Athletic Hall of Fame. Hey, go vote for that. www.notinhalloffame.com forward slash USA. Our first class will be announced in October. So, so he has to wait like 30 years to turn 50, right? Isn't that the criteria? It is, but it's somebody that would be more likely to be voted on if you know because there's not there's not a lot of american amateur wrestler superstars and not a lot that might be remembered when they reach 30 so like him and who's the last one rulon gardner because he lost a foot or something yeah and wasn't he on like celebrity fit club or something stupid like that yeah because i'm so i'm such in great shape but (laughs) yeah, (laughs) my elevator down is someone who actually was a previous elevator up and I'm going with Blake Griffin, who I looked at his stats for the Nets, even though the Nets could very well win the whole thing. What's, is Blake Griffin really any part of it? Probably not. He's like number eight, number nine on a team and his stats are terrible. His advanced stats are terrible. I don't know how much longer he's got. If they don't win the whole thing, is Blake Griffin a Hall of Famer? Uh, I, I think not. I uh, he had there was a trajectory there for several years where he was you know in the inner circle of elite players and was you know the leader on the Clippers and and and, and justifiably so and was somebody you thought was going to bring them a championship and then it just didn't. yeah and then didn't so mm-hmm. strike one and then just has fallen off uh, you know physically uh, just not the same player. Um, you know, clearly a talented big man can shoot, can do all kinds of things. But if you're talking about a Hall of Fame career, uh, that that uh, truncation of uh, of good years is a major, major factor. It's going to be tough for him because, uh, like, five-time All-League player, never first team, but five-time All-League players generally don't get snubbed for the Hall. Right. And then Blake Griffin, along with Chris Paul, couldn't get into the semis. Yeah. Every year it was some, some story, yeah. you know, some matchup, some couple games, uh, didn't get a lot of talent around him, but still two guys like that should have at least made a run. Allen Iverson took a, 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 what, Matumbo, what was left of Matumbo and four skeletons to the finals. Yeah, yeah right. And he knew they weren't going to win, but he still managed to do it. Yeah, yeah, that, 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 that's the difference right there, yeah. Although I will always remember that for when Philadelphia booed Destiny's Child. <laughs> did, did you see that? I, I don't know if I remember that or not. How long ago was that? Uh, it would have been 2001. So that was... Uh, so Beyonce's 40? Jesus. Oh, yeah. But yeah, that was sort of like when... Uh, that's when Beyonce was pretty smart. So like they, they were... Of course, she is still smart. So it was the three of them, right? So... 
that was, she would have been in the middle. So she, so, so whoever, whoever, whatever idiot decided, hey, okay, we're going to put one of you in the Lakers uniform or yeah. Lakers that yeah. in the middle. And then I think it was poor, uh, what is it? Because it's, it's Beyonce, Kelly Rowland, and the other one. Right. They put right. the other one in the, in the, <laughs> in the Sixers. Right. So, of course, they booed. Yeah, yeah. I still remember the picture. There's poor the other one, just like, like that. <laughs> I, I have seen that picture now that I remember. Yeah, yeah, she they, she would have been stuck in the Lakers gear. Like, what are you doing? Stupid. Yeah. So yeah, those are my elevators. So those are my elevators. And this leaves you with the hammer. And you're sort of I I put a little bit extra pressure on you because uh, and I said to you before when we did our one-on-one that Evan was inspired by your, uh, you know, the the the, the sportsman, sportsman of the week. Or sportsman. So, of the week. Yeah. So he did the good, the bad, and the ugly of the week. So usually he always talks soccer. So I'm sure you you got something different. Yeah. So uh, so my sportsman of the week was. Oh, hold on, hold on. Before you do that. Yep. The good, the bad, and the ugly of the week. Thank you. There you go. <laughs> so my my sportsman of the week was a kid from St. Peter's uh, that you know carried the day, but uh, but that's not my good. So so the good this week it's just what we haven't talked about today. So I'm glad I had it in my had in my mind. But uh, last week it was a really really good week for motorsports. Uh, I'm a bit uh, I've gotten into NASCAR in the last five years, a little bit more into Formula One in the last year or two. Not as much into IndyCar, but Sunday. Uh, was a, a battery of races starting uh, in the late morning here, which was it's the Bahrain Grand Prix. Uh, so it was nighttime in, in, in Bahrain. And uh, it was an initial race of the year. And uh, it was brand new car setups, brand new specifications, and nobody knew what to expect. And a Ferrari came out on top with Charles Leclerc uh, winning the, uh, taking the checkered flag. And that was a bit of a surprise. You know, it's usually Lewis Hamilton uh, or, um, of, of course, you, you would think of um, the uh, defending champion, whose name is my, my favorite race car driver, so that's how bad I am right now. Max Verstappen uh, would have, uh, would have they, they went one and two every race last year. So you have a new, a new team, uh, Ferrari, that dominated. They finished one, two over Mercedes, which finished third and fourth. Uh, the end wasn't uh, overwhelmingly competitive uh, in terms of uh, last-minute passes, but uh, but Leclerc's a popular race car driver, uh, you know, from uh, Europe where the Central is, and so so that kicked off the morning, and then it moved to IndyCar, and uh, I watched a little bit of that race, and Joseph Newgarden, uh, an American driver, made a last lap pass in Texas up at the Texas Motor Speedway, uh, so it was a really exciting finish there, and then you switched to NASCAR, which raced in Atlanta, which is the only second race east of the Mississippi. They've been on a West Coast swing. Atlanta had redone their racetrack uh, to make it more like a super speedway with higher banking. And, uh, and that one uh, was, was pretty competitive. And, and William Byron won his first race of the year. And in NASCAR, there are five or six races in, and there's been a new, new winner every week. And they're all under the age of 30. Uh, so, so you take the Formula One, it was a kickoff race. IndyCar was the second race. Uh, NASCAR, uh, they've raced uh, up to five or six or seven times, but it's getting into the good motorsports season. And it was just really, they were all back to back and you could watch them all on Sunday if you weren't watching uh, college basketball. And so, so that was my good of the week. Oh, all right. So what is the Lee Van Cleef, the bad? The bad. So this is where uh, we invoke Carlos Beltran. So the bad <laughs> is, is either is your Major League Baseball, the New York Yankees or both, because 
there's been a, a letter seal for two years now that Manfred wrote uh, to the New York Yankees uh, outlining some of their violations for sign stealing in the 2015 to 2017 okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah. time frame. And uh, essentially, there's a lot of investigation, a lot of public statements were made about uh, what the Yankees and Red Sox and some other teams did back there. Uh, but there's, uh, according to some that have seen it, there is much more detail in this letter that they've kept uh, sealed uh, through courts because the Yankees said there would be, quote, material damage to their reputation should the contents be revealed. Uh, so you know, we talked about it earlier. I'm an Astros fan. So Astros fans' interest is extremely peaked, uh, feeling <laughs> that we were... Uh, somewhat scapegoated for a league-wide problem. Uh, and so uh, Monday of this week, they, they announced that they're going to release, uh, that they're cleared to release this letter within a, uh, two weeks. And so but there could be more legal action that, that suppresses this. It all started a little bit before COVID. Uh, then COVID happened and it got, nobody knew what happened to it. But um, some, some judge said that they're going to unseal this letter. So uh, what, what's in it, we don't know. Uh, it's likely to be things that you've heard about teams doing in that era. I'm sure most were using video camera technology. Most were using uh, signal techniques either on the field or in the stands. Wait, so it wasn't just the Astros cheating? Come on. It was, it was on. not. Right. It was not. Exactly. Uh, and so, so a lot of uh, the unfortunate thing is this, uh, you know, there's been some, the New York media is not very excited, but they're, uh, my biased opinion, they're already downplaying it and say, well, it doesn't matter anything before 2017, doesn't matter. There, there wasn't a commissioner's letter before then. Everybody was doing it. It wasn't trash cans and they didn't win any World Series. So it doesn't matter. The only one that matters is the 2017 Astros uh, because they beat the Yankees and the Red Sox and the Dodgers. Um, so uh, I wonder if Manfred wrote it in crayon. <laughs> that, yeah, who knows what, uh, and there's, there'll be parts of it redacted to eliminate names and things like that. It's likely to not be, but it's going to drag this back into the public spectrum. And, and uh, you know, to, to me, Astros fans would be best to just stop arguing with people and just let it die. Uh, but this will, this will put a more fire under it. It's, it's not going to be probably look good for Manfred uh, or the Yankees. Uh, and the future baseball hall of famer, Rob Manfred. <laughs> Now, uh, wait for one more time. And I'm going to punch you in the face through this screen. <laughs> now the, you say uh, that, but if we would have done this 30 years ago and I would have said the same Bud Selig joke and I would have been right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Now, that, we could do a whole show on that. I think I, like I mentioned we talked about Bud Selig a little yes, bit. Yes, we did. Our, yeah. Um, so, so, so that's the bad is, uh, is the Yankees baseball. They can't get past this. Uh, um, Astros fans are, are mildly interested to potentially be exonerated. But uh, I think at the end of the day, it'll just, it'll be more muddling and, and two weeks from now, the story will pass. But so that, that's the bad part. Okay. Uh, so, so what's ugly? Are, are okay, we another, yeah. So the ugly boy, uh, the Phil Mickelson versus PGA thing took another turn this week when uh, he's not going to play in the Masters for the first time in some. Why, okay. Uh, I missed that. Why is that? 30s. Yeah. So uh, Phil Mickelson uh, in the last, six to 12 months was uh, spurring on an alternative golf league in Saudi Arabia. Okay. He had, drum he had drummed up support that uh, Saudi Arabia, which is swims in money, was going to have this $250 million purse for a small subset of tournaments. And he essentially tried to lure some of his colleagues away from the PGA tour uh, to go over there to, to play in this alternate uh, golf league of sorts. And with that kind of money, uh, who it would be difficult to turn down. And so there was a time in place that, uh, that, this other league, it was a little bit, you guys talked last week about that super league in soccer, right? That they yep. may pull some teams. It was a little bit like that. It failed just as miserably. 
uh, when you know, it's big name after big name said, no, I'm good. I'll take my, you know, 2 million from the PGA instead of 20 million to go play someplace where, you know, I won't, my popularity, uh, et cetera, would, um, would wane. Uh, so this week he, uh, I, there was no real reason given, but he's not going to play in the masters, which is, you know, of course coming up. And this is, you know, Phil Mickelson won the PGA championship last year. He's the reigning PGA champion. He's kind of persona non grata on the tour. He's a Hall of Famer. He's a World Golf Hall of Famer, which they have a little bit different criteria where, you know, once you get past the age of 40, you know, Tiger Woods got in this year. Um, and so the bar is a little lower in the world. Bar is, yeah, there's, um, yeah, you look and there's some people, who, okay, I remember you got to win a couple majors or 10 tournaments and you're kind right. of, uh, you're kind of in there. So, uh, so the ugly is where does this go from here? Uh, he's a big, he's been a big face on the tour most of our lives, right? You know, last mm -hmm. 30 years, he's the guy, you know, one of the major players. He's got, I think, uh, one, two, three, I think six major tournaments, three masters, two PGAs and a, a British Open, um, you know, tons of tournaments. If it weren't for Tiger Woods, he would probably be the most famous player of the last 20, 30 years. Mm -hmm. um, plus winning a major at the age of 50 last year, you know, puts him there. And now he's at odds with this super force. Uh, he, he apologized um that uh it said he was sorry but just like the astros apologies it didn't seem to get him much um grace yeah I, you know I, i'm trying to think with, with with this with phil uh piles upon piles of celebrities have taken saudi money yeah but very few have tried to solicit on behalf and i guess is that our line that yeah that's it, it seemed to be some people put him to task about well you know you know there's there's rights issues human rights issues and all kinds of things there and he said yeah i'm concerned about that but you know i'm i'm still interested in this opportunity and he backtracked a little bit and said well it was really a leverage point to try to get the pga to you know get a little bit more in their uh their pools for the tournament um but uh you know i I, th I think both the PGA and Phil Mickelson need each other. So I don't know where, where it goes from here. Is it a, a matter of time and he just needs to kind of be in timeout for a year or two? He's, you know, he's not really, mm -hmm. one, one would think he would not be competitive anymore, but here he just won the PGA last year. So never know. Uh, uh, when, like, didn't Jack Nicholas win his last major past 50? Uh, and it was in his 40s. It was, um, yeah. And he won the Masters in 86. So, um, I mean, it's not an it's not impossible for me to have another you know yeah. big one left in him but you know yeah that'll be interesting want to see him get drunk watch him watch the world cup in qatar yeah <laughs> but i'm the asshole <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and, and and he's uh from everything i've read he's a big uh gambling fellow of course they don't seem to care if they gamble on themselves playing golf but he he likes the action and maybe that's why he needs more money i don't know uh he's a he's uh apparently a pretty big trash talker on the tour but in a good way you know popular and for my money he always gave one of the best post round interviews uh, when i'd watch him play good or bad he'd always break it down pretty fairly and criticize himself when he thought he should and 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 not you know some guys particularly after the u.s open they'll go say oh the course is crap the greens were crap it wasn't fair um, he typically wouldn't. There was one time, I think, in the U.S. Open, he hit a moving ball. He was so frustrated, he kept chipping it and it kept rolling. He finally just hit a moving ball and uh, out of frustration. So I'll backtrack a little bit that he's a, a great sportsman, but uh, uh, but he's he's a character. And I think the PGA uh, the, this this it took another step back this week that he wasn't going to play the Masters. We don't know. Uh, you know, it's again like a little bit the swimming thing. If he shows up, he becomes the center of attention. 
all the interviews are around him and, and it takes away from the rest of the celebration of, of the other golfers. Well, you know, you, you never know who gets canceled and who gets forgiven. Yeah. Mike Tyson, I'm looking at you. Uh, and I love Mike, <laughs> but if this would have happened to, in the last three years, that's done. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, I, I, last week I talked about a lady named Charmel who got inducted into inexplicably or will be the WWE Hall of Fame. She's a, a, a Miss Black America. Want to know what year she won? No, what year? I don't remember the year, but it was the same year that something else happened <laughs> involving a certain Mr. Tyson. I'll leave it at that. Uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And on that note, the show is closed. If you haven't checked out some of the other stuff I do, hey, please do, unless you really don't like me. Mm, then you'd be like my first wife. She doesn't like me either. That's okay. They probably uh, still wouldn't be listening after an hour and a half. Oh, God. Yeah, there you go. Uh, <laughs> up soon will be, how the hell did this go to number one? We looked at Poisons. Every Rose Has Its Thorn. That's a great song. Mm. That should have been number one. for. What was number one? Good. Uh, I said, how the hell did it go number one? Hence <laughs> the name of the show. Yep. So we looked at Brett Michaels, his fake hair, and I talked about Rock of Love because I like doing that. Uh, up pretty soon will be uh, that 80s show when we look at this crap was on national television. So that's something that we looked at soon and hopefully pretty soon a return to the classic sports review. Now that Glenn Pulowski is back from Antarctica, we've picked for a return show, uh, the first ever televised USFL game from 1983. Nice. That's awesome. Yeah. Okay. So I don't know when that's going to be recorded, but hopefully pretty soon. And there's always the, the regular weekly show, uh, the show we do with Vinny, all sorts of other things. And I think I'm planning about three more sh regular shows. I don't know how I managed to do this. Oh, that's right. I got nothing else to do. Sitting in a hotel room in Winnipeg. That sounds like a country song, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Sitting at a hotel room in Winnipeg. Yeah. There's your next show. Get out of guitar and start crooning. Yeah, but my dog's still alive. <laughs> For now. Uh -huh. <laughs> All right. Anyway, wherever you are, wherever you may be, stay safe, everyone.